Hello everyone, this is the Res Indie, It's Just Me. My podcast will be talking about tenants most times, and some days reality TV, and also every now and then in regard to how social media affects people both mentally and emotionally. My topic for today will be Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka is the number two women's tennis association player currently and has won four major tennis tournaments. Lately, she's been in the news, and most recently, she's been in the news because she withdrew from the major tournament in France called the French Open, and she withdrew from the tournament as she pre-warned the tournament officials that she would not participate in any of the, the press conferences after each tennis match. She won her first tennis match, and she decided not to participate in the press conference right after. She was fined a substantial amount of money and they threatened to either uh, default her from the tournament or she would face um, bigger and more substantial fines. So Naomi Osaka decided to withdraw from that tournament. She also decided not to play Wimbledon, which is the third major tennis tournament for the WTA which is the Women's Tennis Association. Naomi Osaka has been in, the, been in the news for probably about the last four years. She's won four major tennis tournaments. If you know anything about Naomi, she was born in Osaka, Japan. Her mother is of Japanese descent and her father is of Haitian descent. When Naomi and her sister Mary were children, they immigrated to the United States. So basically, she's been uh, participating in tennis from the United States, but represents Japan. And she's represented Japan for the last five years. Naomi is a very talented tennis player. Um, her Her first major tennis tournament, she beat Serena Williams in the U.S. Open final in 2019. She has mentioned that after that tournament, she has suffered from depression and that depression started after that tournament. She most recently has decided to participate in the Olympics in Japan and represent Japan as a tennis player. Naomi also has put out a three-part series documentary by the way, which was produced by LeBron James's production company. And the three-part series is supposed to introduce you to who Naomi is. Now, Naomi has also been on the front of Time Magazine. She has a Sports Illustrated cover issue, and she's participated in a lot of advertising. As a matter of fact, she was the highest paid female tennis player uh, with with her sponsors. The three-part documentary series, I think, missed the mark. Um, It didn't tell you anything more than what you've been reading and what you've been seeing in the press. Um, I personally thought that it was going to give us some in-depth knowledge into Naomi Osaka, how she grew up, all those things. It did briefly touch on some of those things, but it did not tell the story from the beginning to the end. Um, A lot of the time in the documentary 
were scenes of her just recording herself, recording her thoughts, walking around at night. Um, she has difficulty sleeping. She's She gets very nervous and she's described herself as pretty shy. If you want to see how she participates in some of the press conferences, you can see a lot of her press conferences on YouTube. So a lot of people have been sort of um, criticizing her because she can participate in say a photo shoot or a documentary or an, a one-on-one -on -one interview by herself. I think Naomi's issue is that when there's multiple people taking pictures, multiple people asking questions and multiple people asking questions that are intrusive and sometimes repetitive, it brings her a little bit of anxiety and she can't handle those. She is very hard on herself. She expects to win. She also expects to have some type of connection with her coach. So if you've watched any of her history, she has, um, she was coached by Sasha, Sasha Bajan. She um, parted ways with him because all he wanted to do was win and he didn't want to have sort of that relationship with her that gave her mutual satisfaction and support. So she moved on to a different coach and you will see that coach in the Netflix documentary. But again, people can't understand why Naomi can not do press conferences after tennis tournaments, but she can do one-on-one -on -one interviews and she can do um, photo shoots. Um, she did this documentary and I think I can see her point when she has control over what her environment is, then I think she does better. In those press conferences after, say, after a loss, um, the press focuses on the loss, what she could have done better, those type of things. Also on YouTube, you'll see probably a press conference, and I can't remember which tournament it was, where she basically, after the first question, said she thinks she's going to cry and she decided to leave the press conference. I think a lot of times in those press conferences, the questions that they ask are sometimes pretty stupid. And sometimes, again, kind of focus on the loss. And if you know anything about tennis players, tennis players have um, a lot of psyche involved in playing tennis. Um, tennis I'm told is more of a mental game than it is a physical game because you can have a lot of talent in tennis, but if you don't have the mentality to be a winner, you can lose and lose quite often. Um, for young people starting tennis, sometimes you lose more matches than you win. And that gives you lots of experience. So if you have a youngster out there who wants to play tennis, you have to be supportive and let them know that they're not going to win every match, but the matches that they win will give them lots of experience. Now, you can see Naomi on the front of Time magazine. I think also that she has a photo shoot with Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And again, she's been criticized about that, um, most likely, I think, with Megan Kelly, who criticized her. And Naomi clapped back, but then she decided to delete that clap back. I think it might've been on Twitter. Also in the documentary, you will see that she was 
developing a relationship with Kobe Bryant. And I think that gave her some support and allowed her to feel uh, confident because he could give her support as to how she was feeling and what, you know, her future is in tennis and as a professional athlete. Um, so she had a lot of support from him and he kind of passed away sort of in the middle of her becoming that great tennis player that she is. Um, again, Naomi suffers from what she terms is uh, depression. And that depression started about two years ago after she won the U.S. Open. If you've ever seen her um, in the press conferences, like right after a tennis tournament, you'll see that motion where she kind of grabs her hat and pulls that down. Or if she's not playing well, she grabs her visor and kind of pulls that down. I think that's her way of dealing with some of the anxiety that she feels. Um, she does want to be one of the best tennis players in the world, and she's worked towards that. But I think a lot of what happened is that she wasn't prepared for all of the press and all of the attention. And I think she wants to, to sign autographs and be that person. But uh, for Naomi, it's difficult for her. So I don't think she was prepared for being a four-time major champion and to deal with everything that comes with that. Um, if you watch tennis, you'll see a lot of players who win majors who are not able to handle some of that. Um, one comparison you might want to make is Coco Golf, But Coco Golf, I think, has the support of her parents. Not that Naomi doesn't, but I think Coco Golf's parents understand and literally has raised her from the start in regard to tennis and what she'll have to do deal with. I think they had a better handle on the mental toughness that you have to have to be a tennis player. Now, from a cultural perspective, maybe Naomi, because her mom's Japanese and her dad's Haitian, they, they don't have the same mentality that parents who grow up in the United States have especially minority parents who deal with discrimination and deal with some of the ill will that some minority tennis players may have. So Naomi is going through a rough time and right now she's preparing for the Olympics. And a lot of players have pulled out of the Olympics. Roger Federer has pulled out of participating for Switzerland Rafa Nadal has pulled out for playing for Spain. Coco Golf, most recently, I think it was yesterday, tested positive for COVID. So she is not going to participate in the Olympics. But the interesting thing is that Naomi is going to participate for Japan in the Olympics. And she has represented Japan for quite some time, I think, for the last four years. Another interesting thing about that is that she had to, what I think is renounce her American citizenship to represent Japan. So she will be, quote unquote, in her home country, participating for her home country. Um, I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but a lot of folks are concerned about COVID outbreaks. So Naomi will hopefully be able to participate and hopefully will be able to be successful. The next tournament for Naomi is the U.S. Open. Um, based on how she participates in Japan for the Olympics, we may get a precursor of how she's going to play in the U.S. Open. 
The U.S. Open is one of the biggest tennis tournaments in the world, and it brings a lot of excitement to the United States and to New York. And Naomi has spoken her truth about how she feels participating in press conferences. She made a proposal that possibly that tennis players can have like sick days like the rest of the world has in um, everyday jobs and be able to say, for instance, if they're having a difficult time and suffering from depression, that they can have a day off from participating in the big press conferences that come after each um, each tennis um, each tennis sets that they play. So I'm not sure if Naomi is going to participate in some type of uh, player council that kind of talks through that sort of thing. I know that she got a lot of support when she withdrew from the French Open, from Serena Williams, from Roger Federer, from Rafa Nadal, also from Novak Djokovic. Um, Novak Djokovic has tried to, to start another player association. She um, got a lot of support from those players. And sometimes, you know, Sometimes the players don't like to participate in those press conferences and, and, and they participate. And I remember seeing Serena just say, I don't feel like being here. And she basically didn't answer any of the questions. So I think there's always that option to participate and just really not answer the questions. So it'll be interesting for the U.S. Open what the USTA decides to do if Naomi decides that she doesn't want to participate in the press conferences. Um, again, she's trying to change how those press conferences go and be able to skip or call in sick for those press conferences and just try to develop um, a press conference that's more comfortable for people who do suffer from some of that social anxiety. Um, and I know a lot of people think that it's pretty weird that you can play in front of hundreds of people, but not be able to participate in a press conference. Um, but when you think about tennis, you are not really focusing on that crowd. You're focusing on, on your play and how well you can play. And again, as I spoke about before, tennis is, is kind of uh, a mental toughness type game. You don't have um, other people you can play off of. You don't have when somebody's playing good and you're playing bad, you can kind of balance off each other. Tennis is a singular sport and it is definitely a mental game, which I would imagine that golf is too, because that's a single participant game as well. But that's my first episode. I wanted to talk about Naomi Osaka. Um, in the future, I probably will be talking about social media and how it affects people's mental and social and emotional health, as well as reality TV. So I hope you enjoy this first episode and hope you have an opinion. Certainly um, everyone has an opinion and my opinion is not to denigrate anybody, to take anybody down. I try my best to be positive and support people but I thought um, this episode on Naomi Osaka is very interesting. She's an interesting player. Um, she's young. She has a great career to go forward on. And I just thought it was interesting for people to criticize her um, in regard to her not wanting to participate in press conferences 
And um, last year she became an activist for Black Lives Matter and participated in protests and wore seven different masks of Black people who've been killed by police. And she can sort of be that dichotomy of, you know, being an activist and not wanting to necessarily participate in press conferences or be the center of attention. So I hope everybody's having a great day. Hope you enjoy this podcast and there's more to come.